This podcast is sponsored by PICC, Florida's leading public adjusters for 22 years of handling residential commercial claims in Florida. Dealing with an insurance company when having a property loss can be discouraging. Let PICC encourage you and maximize your compensation. Please call us at 305-956-3666. Okay, today's class is Leunishma Yerkhanadiyana Begadaliya Tzion Benem, Rav Hushalem, Rav Shalom Ben Yamina, Rav Dani Ben Sarah, and Simcha Nassim Ben Sissel, successor of Shemayi Belisheva Ramaka, Diyal Ben Yisheva, Shemfa Ben Yisheva, Emma Ben Yisheva, Ramaka Ben Tavavasha, Rav Hushalem, Rachel Ben Leah. Also, please share and rate the podcast. This is also his class also that Hashem should have Rachamim on Naomi Feinstein. She should find her right career. Okay. Bezrat Hashem, today's class is very, very powerful. Also, on uh, December 4th, we're going to be in Brooklyn, uh, a class for uh, Rabbi Rosenfeld, uh, and December 20th in, God willing, the singles event. And we're going to post all everything there. All right, we're going to do lesson 25 and, 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 and also the first lesson on, on Hanukkah. Amazing, amazing concept. Well, ultimately, our job in life is to break the koch of the dimyon, right? Dimyon means imagination. All our problems in life come from imagination. We've said this many, many times. If you look at even, even God forbid, a person went through trauma. If you, if they, they did many, many studies that if they asked the person when they went through trauma, 50% of that story was not even true. Did they go through trauma? Yes. But the extra self-pity, the extra imagination that is usually created. So sometimes we are going through a situation, but we, we add so much to it, and that all comes when a person, God forbid, is in a state of sadness or depression, etc. He's adding to the story. You know, many times you'll tell people, my, you know, you'll, you'll speak to somebody, my husband ruined my life. How is that possible? How could anybody ruin your life? It's your, you have free choice. Are you a tree? You have free choice. Or this one ruined my life. That one did that to me. You know, I, I, we, one, of the, one of the videos uh, pretty much went viral. I think two or 300,000 on, 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 on Instagram about being a trophy. Instead of looking for, the tro- looking for a trophy wife, find the wife that will help you get the trophy. So obviously that, one, that, that triggered all kinds of people. Many people loved the video, but many people were very triggered by that. Right? Oh yeah, he's going to get the trophy and then leave me afterwards. You know, you could just see the, the victim mentality. And that's ultimately what we have to leave the victim mentality. Why? Because we're made from greatness. We're, we're Jews. We come from greatness and we cannot, anything but greatness at the end of the day. So anytime we're adding to the story of Madame Dimion, that usually, we're, sometimes we're making a situation worse than it is. And this is what Rabbi Nachman tells us in Lesson 25. This doesn't just refer to the past. It also refers to dealing with passions, etc. So this is what he tells us here, that our job, every person has to break the power of imagination and enter into intellect. This specific month, we know that we're making that turnaround from hanging on to now manifesting. In order for me to manifest, in order for me to get quotes, in order for me to, me to come out with classes, I have to be able to take a hold of my imagination. If I wake up in the morning and, thinking, and think about the worst, all the worst things that could happen to me, how in the world is God going to communicate with me? He's not, he can't communicate because there's no, there's no vessel to communicate. So to the extent that you work on being present and subduing the imagination, you're going to start now being, start, God willing, be able to all of a sudden manifest and plan situations in life and be hopeful. But to the extent that we spend our time in the worst case scenarios in our lives, 
then of course we cannot redeem ourselves. And this is where in Egypt, the main thing in Egypt was the, the, the Jews did not redeem their imagination. They were, they were unfortunately in a slave mentality. So today, we also, you have to redeem your imagination. That means your imagination is meant to be able to come up with new ideas, to come out with um, creative, creativity. That's why God gave us imagination. He did not give us our ima- imagination to think of the worst case scenarios and find a way to catastrophe everything. But today, the imagination is misused. It's fueling the worst instead of fueling for the best. So practically, how do we get there? How do we get there? So every person has to break his imagination and enter into intellect. That means you have to get out of your head and get into the moment. But after, but when a person is drawn after these desires, which is a call divisions of the heart, he follows his heart's inclination. And when he extradigates himself from the heart vision, he breaks the heart of stone. This is the concept of the Sharmir worm. So the, 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 the hope when the temple was destroyed, one of the things that was destroyed also was the Shamir. The Shamir worm was something that was able to penetrate through stone. So Rabbi Nachman refers to he here that we have to break our hearts. Because remember, for example, if you could, you, the, the number one thing, in, in order for me to redeem your imagination, I have to first open up your heart. If your heart is closed, automatically your imagination is taking over, right? Let's say a person you're trying to help somebody and his heart is closed, he's blocked. He's imagining the worst case scenarios in his life, right? I can't penetrate that person until I can penetrate his heart. We also know this Pasuk from the, the, uh, her, her husband is known by the gates. The Zohar is telling us that the husband represents God. A person's perspective of God is known by his gates. The gates of his, his gates. Some people have a very small garage. Some people have a big garage. Some people have no gates. No gates means there's an unlimited mindset. To the extent that I have fear in my life, I put up gates. I put up gates to block, to block God forbid, being hurt again. So when I, why do we have a limited mindset? Because we're afraid to let God in our lives. Our job is to constantly work on breaking our heart... When you break your heart, you open up the gates. But you can't have open gates and a closed heart. Tell the person, have a moon, and he hasn't dealt with his trauma properly. How can he? He still believes there's injustice. He still believes he's a victim. So the gates are closed. Our job is to open up those gates wide. And how we can do that practically, one of the ways Rabbi Nachman says, is by gratitude. Gratitude, gr- gratitude breaks, breaks the logic. It puts you into a different state. Rabbi Nachman is telling us here that a ha- person has to break his heart. Break the heart. Break the heart hardest. When I'm, well, for example, you know, the difference, I was doing an interview yesterday uh, with uh, Inside Out, uh, the Schottensteins. They had a, you know, she has a podcast, Ida Schottenstein. And where Chabad is more about the intellectual. Like if I have a, 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 a thought, I have to go into his boininess. I have to go into deep contemplation and that will arouse a feeling. Breast love is completely different. If you have anxiety, if you're some, something's bothering you, Rabbi Nachman wants you to scream to God about it. If there's no important Because he says the problem is not the mind. The problem is the heart. Because the way, when the heart is blocked, the mind is blocked. And when you open up the heart, you open up the mind. And that's why, you know, there, we, we, our job is constantly to create space. But we have to, take a, we have, to have a sense of urgency. When you have a blocked heart, and you feel cold in your devotions, or you have a blocked heart in your relationship, you can't just sit there and 
expect something to change. You have to recognize my heart is blocked. I have to break it open just like the Shamir worm was a worm that penetrated. We can also penetrate our hearts through speaking words of faith and crying out for help. That is the intention. So Rabbi Nachman's message was completely different than we were talking about the difference between Chabad and Breslov. is all emotion. All emotion. If the emotion is not good, if you're feeling, take a sense of urgency. You know, when you're down fourth and one, when you're down by 21 points in the fourth quarter, that's not the time to have his boyness and say, mm, things are kind of, that's the time to have a sense of urgency. So this is in our lives where we have to have a sense of urgency and we cannot walk around with heaviness. Something's heavy, you have to change it. Just like some people. You know, they'll put on 10 pounds right away, get to the gym, change your diet. Okay, what's 10 pounds? Next thing you know, it's 15 pounds. Next thing you know, it's 20 pounds. You have to have a sense of urgency. When you see your devotion has been cold, when you see your marriage is getting cold, when you're seeing anything cold in life, you have to have a sense of urgency. Because that, the coldness is coming from a blocked heart. A blocked heart causes imagination, but not for positivity, for the opposite. So here we are welcoming all kinds of worst case scenarios that are not even real. Ramnasan writes that the power of man's imagination stems from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. This, is the key. this also is an issue. So how does he, what does he say now? As long as a person has not transformed his intellect from potential to actual, he has not been able to use his intellect until he broke his, his power of imagination. So what I'm not going to tell us here basically is, in, you have, there's three concepts here. There's Chachma, there's Bina, and Da'at. Chachma is potential intellect. Chachma is the ability to, to, to have an idea on something, right? That's an idea. It's just a concept, right? That's the imagination part of your brain. That's the creativity part of your brain. But right after that part, right away you need to go into Bina, right? Bina now is taking that idea and constructing it, being, having a realistic idea. Hey, I want to get married. That's Chachma. Bazid, I want to get married. B, planning out the situations. Okay, what's, what do I need to do to get married? Maybe I have to w- stop what I'm watching. Maybe I have to be more humble. Maybe I have to be less picky. Maybe I have to work on the past. Bina is now taking that action and understand the concept. I want to get married, but now I need to do a lot of work. Bina is, the people, Bina is something that we all want to avoid because Bina is, is in your face. Bina is also represents a per, the wife of a person. The husband has the idea, honey, let's build a house. The wife says you have no money. That's, she brings you right into, uh, smack you right into perspective. That's why there's so much, that's why there's so much, God forbid, you know, the, the, there's so much fights today and, and because you, don't, you have to understand that is her role. Her role is not to be too negative, but she is supposed to break the reality out of you. She is supposed to bring you into reality, which is not easy to be told reality. You can see today there's a study show that 80% of women are the ones checking out of marriages. So that's also, you have to be careful. You don't want to be too much Bina. You have to have encouragement, but you're, you're, the woman's job is Bina. Is Bina. So Bina in our lives refers to is taking that concept and now applying reality towards it. Yes, I want to write a book, but there's a good chance I'm going to get distracted. So I need to be able to program 30 minutes a day to be able to write that book. The positivity, but reality is how are you going to take that into action? Once you have both, then you have, then your dot, then your wisdom is actually actualized. That is called dot. 
That is called dot. And that is what our job is. I can't get, if I just stay in imagination mode, I can never, if I just stay in, in, in a vision mode, if I just stay in La La Land, like the whole world is just, you know, you know, the, the, the post, uh, hard work pays off, yay! And then here you go, the, he's, the only thing is working is his remote control for Netflix. You understand? The, 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 it's wonderful to be positive. But there, what? Now you want to win? Now you have to pick up a time to wake up in the morning. Now you have to make a decision. Now you have to grind. The grind is the bina. This is exactly, but if I stay too much in imagination, that's not going to get me anywhere. So this is where positive thinking is more about rethinking positive thinking, where you have to really work on this. Imagination is, breaking the imagination is getting into, getting into intellect, getting into reality. And that's where, you know, you want to get married? Okay, now, well, how old are you? What are you looking for? What do you need to, what do you need to compromise? Marriage, I want Shalom Bayit. Okay, what is it going to cost me for Shalom Bayit? What is it going to cost me? There's a price for Shalom Bayit. It's not free. Nobody's giving away free Shalom Bayit today. There's a price. <laughs> there is a price for that. Everything has a price for it in life. And you have to be willing to pay the price. I hate to tell it to you. But that is Bina. That is exactly what God wants. That is the left hand. It's not the right hand. But you can't live your life with too much of a left hand because then you have no creativity. So you need both, both balances. But what Rav Nachman is telling us here, if we just stay in illusions, in Madame all our lives, then we're not really going to get that. You're not really going to get that. That's, that's really, really the key. Reb Nachman's telling us here that, and we have to understand where our imagination also comes from. So here he's referring to two imaginations, being too, too positive and also being too, too negative. There has to be a, a direct balance between chesed and gevura. So Reb Nachman says that there were three things. There was the, the men of faith, the shamir warm, and then the honey of Sifon. Those things were no longer when the temple got destroyed. Remember, what does the temple represent? The temple represents your mindset. The temple represents your temple. Your mindset is your temple. When a person cries out for the Shekhinah every night, when a person wakes up for Hatzot, he's waking up for his lost mindset. His, what's destroyed in his mindset? What, what, what broke? What, who broke your house? Whether it's somebody broke it, or you have the wrong perspective on life, or you're staying in the past. And that is the, that's the crying of the temple. It's not about a temple years ago. You're crying out for your, what, things that you've lost. Things that you've lost. And that's why we cry. So ultimately what we want to do is we have to rebuild our temple. Every single day you have a responsibility to rebuild your temple. When you can rebuild your temple, you can change somebody else's temple. But when you can rebuild your temple, guess what happens when you can rebuild your own temple? You're going to end up Breaking somebody else's temple also. Right? Hurt people, hurt others. So our job is to break our imagination and really rectify the temple and build our temples. This is exactly what the Sinat Chinam is. What did the, why did the temples get destroyed? What's the reason? Sinat Chinam. Why? Why would you have Sinat? Why would you hate somebody else? What's the point of it? What is it doing for you? Are you making more money? What are you getting out of it? Nothing. It's just jealousy. It's, 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 it's I'm, I'm, my temple's down. I'm going to, misery loves company. Yes, misery loves company, then all the temples should be destroyed. That's what we're, this is what we're crying out. We're crying out that we're not, the perspective is gone today. 
And this is where we have to break our illusions. We have to break our intellect and illusions and get into the core. Now, Rav Nachman is going to tell us also that doing this is not easy, specifically because every single time you want to rise from one level to another level, you're going to get new levels of challenges. It's not, nobody gets, it's not, oh, I got, okay, a year ago I, I, I got acquired intellect. No, then remember, there's always a new, there's always growth in intellect. Intellect cannot stop growing. What you know yesterday, tomorrow you should be a different person. The intention is that a person should have constant growth and he should constantly grow in his dot. Because remember, the Yetzirah also grows with you. It's not like I'm growing. Rabbi Nachman says when a person is dot, he has his new level, he has new opposition. So if I have to constantly get the edge, just because I had a good day yesterday, also, you had a good day yesterday, you have a new opponent. Doesn't mean because you have a new opponent, you killed your opponent. Doesn't work like that. It's just a newer opponent. It's new resistance. It's never meant where you should grow and say, okay, I made it, I'm done. No, there's always new, new, new resistance. But then again, you have to take the same combination. What you got yesterday, you have to, you have to get to a higher level. It's always getting to a higher level of knowledge, etc. Because man was born in here not to give away resumes was to give away his, what is he known for? What are you known for in this world? What is Rabbi Nachman known for? Changing the world. What you know is really, really your, uh, what a person is known for, not just his resume. Today people put resumes. He wants, what's your eulogy? What's your, what's your virtue? Rabbi Nachman then says in this class, I'm trying to really break this, this class down into very practicality because it's, it's a little bit complicated. But he's telling us here, that we have to all, and know in each and every world, and each and every level, there's illusions that exist. These are the shells that precede the fruit, surrounding the which is holy. The wicked walk around. And when a person moves from one level to the level, then he has to pass through these illusions in order to attain holiness. As soon as he ascends from one level to another, the evil forces on that level are aroused and they surround him. Now what, why should I have such evil forces and klipot and confusions? It's because very simple. It's because anything good in life, anytime I'm reading a new level, I, heaven has, you have to prove your worthiness on that level. So all of a sudden, let's say a guy, he wants to get married, okay, he does a spiritual cleansing. Okay, he broke that one level. Now, he's got to get engaged. That's another level. Now he's got to start building trust, right? Now, he's got to go from engagement to marriage. That's another level. Cleansing is one level, Getting engaged in is another level. Getting married is another level. It's not the same level. And each level is going to have an obstacle. As you go through different levels, the reason why we have setbacks is because that setback, they want to prove to see if you're worthy of that level. Otherwise, it wouldn't be fair that I'm sitting there waking up at 4 o'clock in the morning, praying and putting so much hours into this. And then another guy, all of a sudden, he's a TikTok star, and he should get the same knowledge I should have without putting in the work. Is that fair? No. It's not fair that somebody should skip the line. So heaven makes you work for what you get. That means if I don't put the work, the quality of the classes is going to go down. And bottom line, I'm not going to be as creative, etc. There's a formula to it. Or I'll just remain on the same level. But you cannot, you have to recognize growth is non-negotiable. Growth is non-negotiable, and what you're, going to put, what you're going to go through for growth is going to be constant levels, etc. 
and you have to understand that your job, the reason why we are suffering in any level that we're going through is because we have not acquired the dot. We have not turned our intellect into actualized intellect. We are just in potential. What you think, this is why I want to really prepare people for marriage. You know, sometimes I think singles are not prepared or maybe people are not prepared enough. But when you have a good realization, when you're single and you're really, really working and you know the struggle with yourself and you know how hard it is, then you start becoming more understanding. And what do you think happens when you have two understanding individuals in a relationship? You have a good marriage because they're not judging each other, they're understanding each other. Understanding means they know their own struggle, so they know not to judge them. That means the more I know my own struggle, the less likely I'm going to judge you. Because I know what it is to work on myself. I know how hard it is. I know the mood swings I go through. I know what I go through. So it's very hard for me to judge a person today because I know how, how hard it is for myself. But if you don't put, in the, put any work in, here you go, look at him, he's not religious, no, he's that, he's that, he's that. You have no business. You have no business judging anybody if you put in 1% of work because you would know how hard it is. Just like a person that cannot lose weight because he knows how hard it is to lose weight, he's not going to say to this guy, why are you so fat? What's wrong with you? <laughs> he knows losing weight is a tremendous amount of discipline. But a person who doesn't know just says anything. So our job is to acquire this intellect. And this is how we do it. But the first thing you have to do is you have to break the madame. In order for me to rectify my imagination, I have to now go into a healthier consciousness. Unless I rectify my imagination, I can never get that intellect acquired. So this is where our job is really, really, really to notice. You have to understand who the Yetzirah is, and you have to understand the levels. Every single time I'm going through a higher level, I always say the same thing. You have to go, in order to get to a higher level, you have to go through a fall. I'm not saying, oh, what's wrong with you? Why are you you're stupid? You're not smart enough. You're not good enough. This negative talk people have serves no business. Why in the world would you talk negative? Why would you have a toxic relationship with yourself? What's the point of it? What's the point of talking negative speech to yourself? What, what is it going to do for you? Absolutely nothing. You need encouragement. You don't need negativity. Remember, you can always do better, but you're good enough. But when the imagination is not redeemed, you are always thinking of the worst case scenario. And because you're thinking of the worst case scenario, guess what happens? The worst case scenario. And that's because we have not rectified that imagination. That means if I want to hit a goal, I have to have the vision, but right away I have to have the dot to turn that vision into a decision. I can't be too positive because being too positive is not realistic. It's not realistic. A great book on this concept is Rethinking Positive Thinking by great Gabriel Odigen. She has the whole science on how the people were too positive. They ended up getting nothing at the end of the day. But people that were more realistic got more results. I want to lose weight. Yes, but I, in order for me to lose weight, I need to rectify, I need to build my willpower at the supermarket not the pantry. That's going to be difficult. I need to rectify, what am I going to do with my snacking? I can't just say, I'm going to lose weight and just hope for a miracle to happen. That is too much light. It's too much chachma without the appropriate vessel. But if we don't rectify our imagination, 
we will never get to anything. And this is where the, in the temple, what they used to do is they used to, they used to take, put their hands on an animal and the animal was the rectification. That means a person would have to go to the temple and in order for him to get a cleansing, he would have to put his hands on the animal and the animal would have to get slaughtered in his face and he would have to watch it because he would recognize this is what my imagination took me. Look how this animal had to die because I acted like an animal. My imagination was animalistic. That rectifies that. The modern version of it today would be, can you, send, uh, can you Uber a cow to the Beit HaMikdash? That's what the modern version would be. Can you, could you do me a favor? Um, I have a tikkun. Can you go take, take my cow to with you or FedEx a cow to the Beit HaMikdash? It would not, people would not realize the whole purpose of you watching that animal die is so you should feel sorry and rectify. Oh my God. If I don't watch my rectification, I'm the animal. I'm an animalistic. This is why people say, oh, you're acting like an animal. Because what happens when a person loses it, whether whether, with desires or being in the past, he's not not himself. His imagination took over. Today, I think it's a reverse imagination. Social media is just leading you to a crazy... It's destroying people's imaginations so they can't be creative. That's another thing, trauma. When a person goes through trauma, kids go through trauma today, right? What happens? They lose their dopamine receptors. They can't imagine. They can't imagine a better life. They view the, their life completely different. So rectifying our imagination is, is the most important thing to do that. And the way to do that is by having sincere prayer. When you're having sincere prayer, your words can, can, can penetrate your heart. The heart is the rule of the imagination. My heart desires for positive or left. But you have to use words in order to penetrate. This is why when you hear a good class, or you, for example, or you pray a good prayer, your heart is different. You, your, your brain thinks different. Right? It's because, what, what did you do? How did you do that? You didn't meditate. You, you, you created fire. You created fire. Because remember, fire gets rid of air. And this is exactly what we do on Hanukkah. Rabbi Nachman tells us here, that on Hanukkah, the laws of Hanukkah are that a person has to break his imagination and end. We just spoke about this. And the illumination of Hanukkah, it's all about what is Hanukkah, where every single night is a new light. It's more and more. We're adding more. But we're rectifying because we're adding more and more candles, right? We, always, we, have, we have to give more and more charity and gratitude because every single time that we have these obstacles, one of the best ways, one is ways prayer. Another way is, is actually praising and the third way is charity so anytime that we're going through from a level to a level there's three things that are going to help you prayer charity and uh, gratitude gratitude breaks obstacles these are the three things that a person has to go through and these are the three things that we do on Hanukkah what do we do on Hanukkah? we're, we're giving charity Right? We give charity. Because what are we breaking in Hanukkah? We're breaking the Greek mindset. We're breaking the imagination. The Greeks wanted you, the Greeks wanted you to, to get stuck. The whole concept of the Greek is galgal, keep you in a circle. What is the menorah? Menorah breaks a circle. The Greeks wanted you to keep you in habit. This is who you are. You were born this way. Your destiny is going to be this way. We're... They wanted you to keep, they want, the Greeks wanted you to be under the, under the zodiac. We're above the zodiac. 
But if you don't do specific things, you go under the zodiac. For example, Shabbat, right? Shabbat could affect Saturn. Mars, Mars is Brit Milah, right? A person's Brit Milah is, is his Brit, right? Rosh Chodesh represents renewal. So the Greek says, I'm going to, you can learn as much Torah as you want, but I'm going to take away your Shabbat. I'm going to take away your Brit Milah. You're not going to be able to have circumcised. That means take a guy without Shemir the Brit. He's never going to get anywhere spiritually, bottom line. And three, I'm going to, you're not going to be able to renew yourself. So look how the Greeks knew exactly what three mitzvot they use, specifically because those three things, those three, those three planets have a negative aspect. Mars, Mars is blood, right? Saturn, Saturn is a bad is a month of it could be negativity. Uh, the Saturn could affect the person. Black Sabbath, right? Saturn is a negative, and and Moon, the Moon also lunar. So the Greeks knew the three combination of the three things that can affect you, that says, okay, you can learn Torah, but you're never going to change. So you're going to be in a circle. Who cares if you learn Torah? So they knew exactly the code to keep you in that imagination mode. Where Rabbi Nachman is telling us here that our job is to, to the, whole, the whole concept of the Greeks was to break the imagination. And we do that by first breaking our hearts. But think about this other thing. Is it, is it, how am I going to get re- renewed if I don't keep Shabbat? How do I get renewed in my spirit if I don't keep Shabbat? Very hard. If you don't have one day where you can disconnect, your life is just a big circle. That's what it is. Without Shmirat the Brit, where the person doesn't keep the Brit, he's always going to be, God forbid, depressed and chasing things. He's going to go in a big circle. And the moon, without faith, without renewal, what are you going to be? In a big circle. So the Greek says, I'm just, we're going to keep you in a big circle. And you're not going to change. And that's Galgal. That's the wheel. What does the big circle pr- practically represent today? It's called habits. <laughs> habits. How many books do we have on habits? A thousand books? Menorah represents breaking the habit. Breaking. That's why the Hanukkah is on the middle of the end of the month and the beginning. Our whole God does not want you to be a tree, a circle. He doesn't want you to become a, a, a slave to your habits. He wants you to break them, but if you, if you don't have certain mitzvot, it's very hard for you to get that renewal. And that renewal is all, is other, if we don't have renewal in our lives, what do we have? Our imagination is running our lives. So this is why it's very, very important that we have to break our imagination. To break our imagination, that gets you into the intellect. So you should, you should understand what the Greeks wanted to do to you. Take away your, because those are three things that connect a person's mazal. They rise over them. Otherwise, it's just like everybody else. Okay, you're Jewish. Doesn't mean anything. So what? You eat apple and honey. Does, it, does that mean you're going to have a great year? Because you dip an apple and honey? That, I'm guaranteed to have a good year. I went to synagogue and I dipped an apple and honey. I'm, what a ridiculous thing that is. We think traditions. We're, we're serving right now, today, I've seen this. We are worshiping traditions. And we are worshipping books. We are not worshipping God. This is where we have a big disconnection. And this is why we don't understand. I don't understand. I'm, 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 I'm religious. I'm traditional. I'm not feeling anything. Yes, you're worshipping traditions. doesn't mean anything. You have to worship your Creator. And the worship of your Creator is by having faith. And having faith is prayer. And prayer represents faith. And prayer represents talking. And having a relationship. And that's the bottom line here. And this is exactly what this Hanukkah concept is about. Kislev is about now redeeming the imagination. 
Use your imagination positively. Don't use your imagination for worst case scenarios. Use your imagination to, 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 to produce. Instead of using your imagination, God forbid, to destroy. That's what anxiety and depression is. It's a lack of consciousness. Person anxiety, there's no, it's not, not in the moment. It's accumulation of time. Accumulation of time means accumulation of imagination. I just told you that 80% of, 90% of things people fear don't even come true. And 50% of the stories that people say in the past are not even real. So there you go. There you go. There you go. Bottom line, imagination takes over. People make things much worse. Look at China, what's going on there. Look at China. The world is free and they're, they're, in a, they're locking themselves up in, a, in, a, in their houses because of COVID, for God's sake. Three years later, I mean, talk about Dimyon. Talk about Dimyon. Hashem, help us all. Three things, three ways you can break your imagination from nothing. Charity. Crying out, speaking out, speaking out. And the third is praising your Creator. Gratitude breaks obstacles. And this is exactly what we have to do. And, and we, we have to recognize just because we broke it on one level doesn't mean we're not going to have another opponent. We're going to have other opponents. But you use the same formula. Anytime you're stuck, same time. Cry out. Give charity. It's funny how those three things. If you take the word kol, right? Kol is 136. Mamon is 136. Right? Sulam is 136. A ladder. 136. There you go. There's a formula. Same form. Charity. Praise and cry out. This is exactly what we're doing on Hanukkah to break the imagination. Also, remember, any limitation of thought is also rooted imagination. Any form of negativity is rooted imagination. This is what Rav Nachman says. He knew exactly, but he didn't do it through his boninut. He just didn't contemplate on this. He, he recognized the problem is the heart. This is why breast love, lev basar, Breast love means lev basar. You have to have a very, very soft heart. He wanted, his, he wanted his, his students to constantly have a relationship with his creator. Constantly. So there would be a lot of speech, there would be a lot of warmth, there would be a lot of... Because he knew if you can penetrate the heart, forget about the mind. But if you, can't, if you have a blocked heart, the mind's not going to work. But Nachman knew 260 years ago. Well ahead of us, what the key today. And this is where you see today... People say that if you open up the chakra, the heart chakra, the mind chakra opens up, which is very, very, very connected because what's the, the heart is Bina. Bina opens up the mind. Have a great day.